Luke chapter 1, verse 5. If you notice, we don't have anything on the screen today because we're going old school. So I hope you brought your Bibles. Luke chapter 1, verse, verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. So here we have Zechariah and Elizabeth, a man and a woman who were faithful to God for many years. They were known by God. They were known for their, for their um, following the God's commandments with integrity. They were righteous and upright in the eyes of God. However, despite their righteousness, they suffered from the disappointment of being unable to have a child. And later in verse 25, Elizabeth even refers to this condition as a disgrace. And in this time period, children were, they were very highly valuable to families. They were very thought well upon. And if you were unable to have a child, a lot of times you were the outcast of society. It was looked down upon by other people. And so not only were Zechariah and Elizabeth unable to have a child, now they're too old to even think about having one. And you can bet on it. When a situation in our lives seems hopeless and we have no idea what to do, it becomes an opportunity for God to reveal His plan for our lives. And God is about to take these, this ordinary couple's life and He's about to shake it up, just like many of ours this night year. And earlier it said that Zechariah was a priest. Now during this time, Zechariah was one of about 18,000 priests in Jerusalem. And he would serve only in the temple about twice a year. And only once in a priest's lifetime would he ever have the opportunity to enter the most holy place of the temple to offer up the incense to God. And so this is a high honor. He gets chosen by lot here. And as he enters the most holy place, let's look in verse 12. Chapter 1. He responds to the angel. The angel tells him, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You know, Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayers were finally answered. God is going to give them a son, John the Baptist. A son that will be a joy. He'll be a delight to them. He will be a blessing to their family. 
And God shows his faithfulness to us when he answers our prayers just like this, right? And sometimes it's not always in the, in the time period that we want. Maybe this year your prayers weren't answered. But I believe that God does want to answer those prayers for you. And the cool thing is, is that when God answers our prayers, they're not only meant to be a blessing for your life, but they, are, they may be an answered prayer for another person's life around you. And in this case, the whole nation of Israel, John was the first prophet in hundreds of years to be there. This was a huge answered prayer for so many people. They've been waiting for so long. And John was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, to turn many people's hearts back to God, to call them back to repentance. When God blesses you, do you share those things with others? You know, when I think about this, you know, I was doing the lesson this week. I thought about uh, Sheila Farias. We all know who Sheila is, right? And, uh, you know, Sheila's been faithful for a long time. And for a while, she was, just, she was the only disciple in her family. And, uh, not, and then a few years ago, her, her husband became a disciple. And now this year, both of her sons became disciples. And not only was that an answered prayer within her life, now her children are an answered prayer to so many people within the teens and in our whole church. And see how God uses one person's answered prayer to affect so many other people's lives. God's gifts to you, His answered prayers, are not just for you, but they're to share with others. So let's see Zechariah's response. He should be fired up, right? In verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. You would think Zechariah would be excited. God is finally fulfilling His promise He's answering his prayer finally. But maybe Zechariah had waited so anxiously, so hopefully, month after month, year after year. After being childless, his question to God was not a faithful response. It was a question that wasn't asked in faith, but it was asked in doubt. Doubt that puts restrictions on what God can do. You know, God, I've been around for a long time. And now, well, you know, I'm not as quite as young as I used to be. And uh, by the way, how are you going to do that anyways? How are you going to use me? Have you ever felt that way? How are you going to use me this year in 2011? And Zachariah's faith was at a low point. It was, it was low. It was down here. And when your faith is low, you know what happens? There's two things that happen when your faith is low. You want to hear them? Number one. When your faith is low, you become mute. You're unable to share your faith with others. The angel tells him, because you didn't what? You didn't believe. You will be unable to speak until your son is born. Has your lack of faith muted you this morning? And the second thing that happens as a result of becoming mute Zechariah was unable to share what God had done in his life with anybody else. And verse 21 says, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. 
They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. He comes out of the temple, waving his arms around, but he can't tell anybody what happened. Zachariah's lack of faith resulted in the inability to share it with anybody else. Will this be your response to God's plan for your life this year? And like I said earlier, you know, this year has has brought different challenges in my relationship with God. At times I've been very inconsistent. And I feel like I've really lacked, you know, that deepness in my relationship with God. And it's really affected me coming into this new year. You know, I'm grateful for what God has done. But my expectations weren't very high. You know, I felt more apprehensive about this new year than I was excited. And it's because I didn't have that confidence. I didn't have faith that God was going to use me this year. What about you? And God is good, and despite our lack of faith at times, He is always faithful. Even when we're not faithful, God is always faithful. And no matter what, he can work through any situation. Zechariah, you know, it was a consequence of his actions. He became mute, but John was still born. John became a great man in the eyes of God. But now, let's turn our attentions to Mary, right? We all know Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her response to God's plan. We know from Scripture that Mary is a virgin who was pledged to be married to Joseph, who was highly favored in God's eyes. And let's look here in verse 30 of chapter 1. Luke 1, verse 30. An angel appears to Mary and tells her, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with your child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary just finds out that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. How would you feel? An angel appears to you tonight, you're going to have the Son of God. How would you feel? Exciting, right? Well, now you must understand that Mary was pledged. She was pledged to be married to Joseph. She wasn't married yet. So for her, that she was going to have a child kind of presented a big problem for her. Now people were going to question her morality. Is she being immoral? You can be killed for that back in that time. This wasn't, I mean, for her, this, this could have been, have been a huge problem in her life. And right from the get-go, her faith is put on the line. It's put to the test. And how will she respond? In verse 34, Mary says, How will this be? Mary asked the angel, Since I am a virgin. And the angel explains to her that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and she'll become pregnant with the, the Son of God. But we see that Mary's response is a question just like Zechariah's, right? But she wasn't rebuked by the angel. And that's odd, don't you think? They both asked a question. Yet the difference is that she asked her question in faith. Mary was ready to obey and accept God's plans for her life. 
In verse 38, she responds to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. That is a faithful response. Mary's faith was expressed through her obedience to God's plan for her life. You see, faith is obedience. To be faithful is not to be full of an emotion or belief because our emotions are so up and down. That's not true faith. But faith is to act steadfastly on the basis of a commitment or a relationship. Zechariah's problem was not that he asked a question. It was that he was not really ready to accept God's plans for his life. Are you ready to accept God's plan for you? Turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm actually going to read the scripture in the message, and it's a lot different than uh, maybe what you have with you today. But um, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know, every day of your life, there will be opportunities to respond to situations in faith. Because you know what? An angel may not appear to you tonight. Just reality. You may not be sleeping. An angel may not come to you in your room and, and reveal God's plan to you. It just may not happen. So how are we supposed to know? Mike, how are we supposed to know what God's plan is? Well, let me help you out. Listen to this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, message version. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention to God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. What, an, what a convicting scripture, huh? What God wants for us is to take our lives, however ordinary they may be, and offer them up to Him. He wants you to offer your life up to Him this year. And be ready, like the scripture says, to recognize and quickly respond to the opportunities that He presents to you. You know, we may ask, how can I love this person who expresses such hostility towards me? How can I continue to be patient with my irritable supervisor? How will I care for the needs of this congregation? How will I raise the funds to give to God on a weekly basis? How can I balance the demands of ministry and family? How can I find the courage in the face of a terminal illness. God will accept the questions when our intention is to obey Him. Then we will hear the enabling response. With God, nothing is impossible. And be ready to be changed from the inside out. It gets coming. Are you ready? Do not let the world drag you down to their level. But let God bring the best out of you this year. 
Let 2011 be a year that God brings the best out of you. What do you want to see God do in your life? Have you given up on your prayers from this year? What do you want to see God do? God is calling you today. How will you respond to this message? And as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. You know, usually I don't speak as long as the other guys because I usually am straight to the point. I just want to get straight the message right to you. Deliver it hot. And I'm still learning how to preach. We have great leaders here in the East, right? We're blessed. But we also have great people. We have great disciples. In Philippians chapter 2, let's look here in verse 5. It says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. When God's plan for Jesus was to give his life for us, for our sins, how did he respond? He responded by giving his life. He died. He was obedient to his father for his his father's plans for him. He died so that we can share in the salvation that God had planned for each of us, for our lives. And as you examine your heart this morning, let's follow the example of our Lord to offer up our lives to God and have a faithful response to this new year. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray for the communion.